It'd be greater if I put my mic on. There we go. It is a great day today. We, we have uh, about 30 of our women are up at a retreat, and I know they've had a, a really excellent time. And uh, the speaker has been very good, and they've been blessed already. Uh, tonight, we have our call to pray, where our church gathers together to pray specific, for specific things. And tonight, we are focusing on discipleship and our ministries, and that God would be using those ministries in the lives of people through our church and in our church. I, I want to start today by just uh, commending you. A few weeks ago, I had talked about how sometimes it breaks my heart when when uh, I I look out and I see people sitting alone. And last week and this week, I I have seen people going up to people saying, come sit with me, come join me, don't sit alone, don't sit alone. We are a family, we are God's family, and we are together. And thank you for responding in that positive way. I'm gonna keep reminding you, keep doing that. Again, unless you wanna sit alone, and I guess some people do, but you know, we, we are here, and people come here because there are needs, and we meet those needs because Christ uses us in those things. So I did want to just start with that and thank you for that. Many of you know the story that uh, about 11 months ago, our senior pastor resigned to, to the surprise of, of everybody, and uh, I was put into the position to be sort of an interim lead, or as John Desiderio would have called it last week, the interim ox, Right, So some of you know what I'm talking about with that. Uh, I didn't know at that time uh, that I would be called to be the senior pastor here, but I knew I had several months to work with the elders on, on kind of answering the question of who are we at Faith Community Church? We've been in ex- existence for 61 years. What have we done? What have we accomplished? What has the Lord done through us? How has he used us? How does he plan to use us? So I would say not that we were having an identity crisis, but it was a time to kind of define and examine who we were and what the Lord planned to do with us. So we, we started out by asking this question. Uh, I asked the elders to fill in the blank. Faith Community Church, the church that blank. The church that what? How do we know ourselves? What do we identify ourselves as? What does the community define as Faith Community Church? When they think of Faith Community Church, what do they think of? So we could be Faith Community Church, the church that helps the poor. Faith Community Church, the church that's cleaning the streets. Faith Community Church, the church that's strong on biblical doctrine. Faith Community Church, the church that has great kids programs. Or Faith Community Church, the church that has special events that just draw all kinds of people. There are churches in our community who do those things. And we don't do all of those things at the same level, right? We try to do a little bit of all of that. But, but we spent time answering that question. And I won't drag you through the, the, the three or so months that the elders spent on coming up with wording for who we are as a church. But this is what we came up with as our final, our final purpose statement. Faith Community Church exists to equip everyone for spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. Would you say that with me? Faith Community Church exists to equip everyone for spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. So today we're going to spend a little time unpacking that, talking about where did we get that? What scriptures did the Lord use to press on the elders? 
this statement. And, and so first, though, before we do that, I, I wanted to clear up some confusion. We still have this as our vision statement, passionately loving God, sacrificially loving others, and courageously making disciples of Jesus Christ. That still exists. That's what we desire for every individual in this church. We want every one of us to be desiring to passionately love God, sacrificially love others, and courageously making disciples. It is our goal as individuals, and so as we come together as, our, as a church, this is our vision, what we want to be. But this statement, Faith Community Church exists to equip everyone for spiritual maturity and fruitfulness, is really our purpose statement. It's why we exist. This is what we want to accomplish as a church. This is the standard by which we need to measure all of our ministries and everything we do. Is it filling this? Whenever there's a decision to be made, does it fulfill our purpose that God has given us here? So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter four. You can turn there in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter four. We're gonna look at this together. This is such a great passage because in this passage, the Apostle Paul, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, beautifully intertwines our individual purpose, the call of each individual believer, and brings it together for the purpose in the church as a corporate body. So we're gonna look at that together, starting in Ephesians chapter four, verse one. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Believer, you have a calling. You were called. You didn't just decide to follow Christ out, out on your own. You decided to follow Christ, to become a Christ follower because he put a call on your life. He called you. That means that, there, that you now have a new purpose. It means that you no longer live to satisfy your own desires, to pursue your own goals, but that you have chosen to take on a much greater cause, the cause of Christ. And when you take that on, you realize that Jesus is on a mission. See, Jesus is on a mission to build a kingdom. A kingdom, he's, he's on a mission to reclaim what was his own, and it, he will accomplish it. He will acquire that kingdom. And he builds that kingdom one person at a time, each person being bought by the blood of Christ, by his blood shed on the cross for our sins. And he calls each one of us to that. You see, he chose you to be one of his kingdom builders. You, you are one of his kingdom builders. And he didn't just, you know, offer salvation in a way and says, gee, I hope people come to me. He actually chose you because he knows that he can equip you to be a kingdom builder. He knows that he can gift you and give to you what you need to become a builder of God's kingdom, that he will empower you and help you to be an effective Christian. And I know many of you feel like I'm not an effective Christian, but you can be. Christ has given you what you need. That's why he chose you, to build his kingdom. Listen to how he plans to do that. 
verse two, with humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. These are our tools. Humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, love. You see, we're called to use those kinds of tools to build his kingdom. We're called to be diligent to preserve the unity. And I want to I make some point here that we are called to preserve unity. We don't have to create unity. See, when God calls people together into a church, he calls them into unity. He unifies. That's the work of Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Ephesians is all about. You see, it doesn't matter what color, what race, what nationality, what gender. It doesn't matter. You are called, and when he calls you into his church, you become one. We are one. There is no diversity in the church, right? We talk about there should be diversity in our church, yes, but in God's eyes, we are one in Christ. We are made one. He has made us that way. God sees no division. And he goes on to say, there is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. What's the repeated word there? One. You know the first, church, first service said all. I was like, guys, come on, it's not all. <laughs> In fairness, I didn't emphasize it as much as I did for you folks. (laughs) One body. He has called us to one body. He has already made us one body. Do you remember what you were before you were saved, before you became a believer, a follower in Christ? The Bible uses words like isolated, alienated, alone. That's what we are before Christ. We talked a few weeks ago how when we get saved, it's not just about me and Jesus, right? He saves me to a local body. He saves me to the universal church, right? His, his body. But then he saves me to the expression of his local body, which is right here. His expression of the universal body in one place. Now, there is endless variety, endless diversity in a church in a local body. He calls us to that. But you see, that endless variety is not because of gender, race, color, ethnicity, background. That's not where our diversity comes from. Our diversity comes from the gifts he gives us. Listen to what he says. He says, but each one of us, each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. You see, we are one body, but the diversity that's in this body is the diversity of gifts that he has given. Diversity comes in the fact that Jesus Christ has given each one of us grace and enablement to build up his kingdom, to build his body. Your gifts are needed here. Don't think for a minute that you should slide under the radar with your gifts. You are needed here. If you attend this church and are not using your gift, you are missing out 
on fulfilling the purpose that Jesus Christ has for you. If you attend this church and you are not using your gifts, this church is missing out on that gift. We are missing it. We need you. You are a blessing to this church and to our community as a result of that if you are using your gift here. And notice that it says, each one of us was given according to the measure of Christ. You see, Christ gives us each a measure of a gift, at least one gift. But each one. It doesn't just say pastors. It doesn't say elders, leaders, Sunday school teachers. Each one, every one of us, every one of us. This has huge implication. He goes on to say, he gave some as apostles, and now he's going to list four of the gifts, but there are more. He gave some to be apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. So we already established that God gives gifts to every single believer. But now he's saying that he gives those believers as gifts to the church. So God has gifted you with a spiritual gift and he's given you to this local body as a gift to the church. You are that important. His intention is to use you. And the purpose for you using your gift, it says here in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. So you have a gift, you are a gift to the church, and when you use your gift, it is used by the Lord to equip the saints for work of service. The commentator Wolverd says, gifted people are to minister to the word, or to minister the word, gifted people, that's each one of us, the Bible said, each one of us, gifted people are to minister the word to others so that they in turn are ready to get involved in ministering to others. The goal of all this is the building up or edifying of the body of Christ. This shows that all saints, and not just a few leaders, should be involved in the ministry. All saints are gifted to serve others spiritually. Now, I'm no expert on the calendar, and I know I'm going to have this date wrong, but I'm going to declare this as All Saints Day. Okay? I know, it's the wrong date. September 18th is now All Saints Day, because you are here and you have heard that all saints, all saints have been given a gift all saints are given to the church. And let me just clarify, in case you come from a Catholic background, by saint, I'm not talking about somebody you pray to. The Bible calls saints a follower of Christ. So all of you believers have been given a gift and have been given to this local body. That's really cool. That's a great thing. And you've been given that gift in order to equip other saints for the work of service. That's why we do what we do. Now, I can hear some of you say, well, you know, uh, I'm not really all that gifted, or, you know what, my life's a wreck. I, I just, I, things are so, you know, discombobulated in my life. I, I can't do anything. I can't serve. You know, look, I want to just say this. Two things. First of all, this room is full of messes, right? You know, I mean, you and I are all a wreck, right? Right? 
where, that's, I mean, that's why Jesus calls us. He, he wants to fix our wreck. He wants to take our mess and use it, right? We're all messes. So don't use that as an excuse. Your mess isn't an excuse to not use your gift. It doesn't exempt you from the call to use your gift. The second thing I want to say to that is if your life is a wreck, maybe it's time to get that fixed, right? I mean, time is running out, people. And if your mess is keeping you from serving the way God wants you to serve or from fulfilling the purpose that God has designed specifically for you, then address your mess, right? There are people here who can help you. That's part of this, right? The church is to help you fix that. There are people who can lead you to the Lord in that way. There are counselors we can set you up with. But people, let's not waste any more time on that. Messes are weird. You know, we, we, we hate them, and yet we love them. We want freedom from our mess, and yet we're strangely dependent upon them. Jesus wants to bring healing to your wreck of a life. He does. And he wants to do that because he's saying to you, stop wallowing in that and get to work. You're one of my kingdom builders. Remember, I chose you. I gifted you. I knew I could gift you and equip you. Now will you start doing it? So, will you do me a favor? Hold your finger up in the air. I know you hate this kind of thing. Do it anyway. Come on. Put your finger up in the air. Now point to yourself and just say, I am equipped. Well, that's pretty good. Do it better. I am equipped. That's right. I am equipped. You may not feel equipped, but you are. You are equipped. And you're equipped until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. You and I have been equipped to equip others to unity of the faith. You and I have been equipped to equip others to have a greater, deeper, fuller, more beautiful knowledge of the Son of God. You and I have been equipped to equip others to become mature to the full measure of the stature of Christ. Do you believe that? Listen to this quote. As each believer functions in accord with the gifts of Christ, the gifts Christ has given him, the whole church enjoys, and I love that word, the whole church enjoys a unity and becomes spiritually mature, more like Jesus Christ in all his fullness. So do it again with me. Hold your finger up. Here you go. We're going to read this together now. Say it. I am equipped to equip others for spiritual maturity. One more time. I am equipped to equip others for spiritual maturity. Do you believe that? I'm not sure you do. <laughs> uh, this verse caps it all off. This is verse 16. I actually start with the last word of 15 here. Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body 
for the building up of itself. The proper working of each individual part causes growth for the whole body. The building up of itself in love. When you do your part and use your gifts, you fulfill your purpose that God has given you. When you do your part and you fulfill and you use your gifts, you are helping others and equipping others to fulfill their purpose in Christ. And when you do your part and use your gifts, you are building God's kingdom one brick at a time. You're a bricklayer. There's one other verse I want to look at today from the book of Colossians. This is chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete or mature in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Okay, class, what's the repeated phrase? Oh, that one's tougher, right? Every man. It happens three times. Every man. You get this? Paul knew and understood that our calling is that every man, every woman, every child should be brought to maturity. The word complete there means mature or whole or not lacking, okay? So our job is to equip every person for maturity in Christ and for fruitfulness. That means that every person that walks in that door, we view as somebody we need to equip. Now, I understand this. I understand you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make the horse to drink. And being an ox from last week, I can talk about horses if I want, right? But who said that's right? (laughs) Uh, You know... um, We as elders have said, you know, every person that comes through that door, every person sitting in this room, every person who's a part of our ministry is someone who needs to be equipped to become spiritually mature and fruitful in their lives. Now, it's a partnership, isn't it? Right? Right? It's a partnership. Here's what this all means. That you and I together are called to this local body, this local body of Christ, in which we are to function by using our gifts for the purpose of equipping others to grow in maturity and in fruitfulness. And what is fruitfulness? And and really, we, we could take another sermon on this. I have talked about fruitfulness in some of the past sermons, but fruitfulness is, of course, the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about gifts of Spirit today, right? But we're talking fruit of Spirit here. That's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of praising lips That's one of the fruits that God is looking to see in our lives. The fruit of generous giving, we've talked about that recently. The fruit of leading others to Christ. These are some of the things that that happen. That's what fruitfulness is. We'll have another sermon on that someday. But this, doing these things, this is what builds God's kingdom. 
So, you have seen this, this up here, and we're going to talk a little bit about this now. This is our, our little sign to help remember these things. So, this is a continuum. Each of us fall on this line somewhere. The goal is that each of us should be moving this direction. All right? Now, we'll start right here. Right here. This is a seed. Now, a seed has the potential for life, but it's not life yet. It's not growing yet. This is an unbeliever. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, this is you. You're a seed. You're not growing. You don't understand or know why Christ wants you, and he does. I'm going to tell you, if you're sitting here, it's because God has a call on your life. You're not here by accident. You're not here because your parents dragged you here or because, you know, you just decided to pop in one day, right? God has a call on your life. His desire is that you also become a kingdom builder. And you can. You can know your purpose for which he created you. And you get to know that when you acknowledge before God that you have sin in your heart and that your sin has kept you out of a relationship with him. And Jesus died on the cross to bear your sin so that you no longer have to bear that sin. Not that you're perfect now, but he bore your sin. He took the punishment of your sin. And so you, who is an unbeliever, can move up right to here, to a seedling. Because when you receive Jesus Christ as your savior, he gives you new life. He gives you abundant life and he gives you eternal life. Those are gifts of his. Nothing you can attain on your own. Only Jesus can give that. So, unbeliever, today's a great day for you to say, I want to fulfill my purpose. God has made me and I don't know what that purpose is, but I want to do that by receiving Jesus Christ as my savior. Come talk to me afterwards. I would love to help you get started in that. So then next we have a sapling. A sapling is a new believer. Do you know that within the last six months or so, we, I know of at least five people who have received Jesus as your Savior for the first time? Amen. Amen. The Lord is working here. He is working in our midst. He is changing lives. He's bringing new life. So if you are a new believer, this is you. And probably some of you old believers may be stuck at this place too. I hate to say it. Okay, sapling. A sapling is somebody who's new, experiencing life for the first time. Roots just starting to, to go down and drink in God's word. You come to church and it's still new and different and wow, it's weird that men sing. That's strange. They don't do that anywhere else in society. What are they singing for here? Right, it's all new. It's exciting stuff. A sapling, looking to grow. A seedling, sorry. Have I been calling that Sapling. Seedling, that's a seedling. This is the sapling here, okay? Sapling, somebody who's grown a little more, coming to church, still thinking, ah, oh, church is about me, my whole relationship between me and God, that's a really cool thing, and, and yeah, maybe I'll go to church sometimes, and, and it's good to be with people, but, uh, you know, sometimes sapling is, is uh, you know, just starting to grow, starting to, to experience fellowship with people, beginning to, to hear people talk about spiritual things and, and thinking, maybe that should be me and I want that for myself. Start going to Sunday school and small groups, getting involved. 
and you continue to grow and you become a young tree. So a young tree is somebody who realizes, you know what, I've been saved into the body of Christ. That means I've been saved to this church, okay? And if you decide to go to another church someday, you're saved to that church then, right? But you are saved into the body of Christ and you're here and you're growing and maybe you're serving someone. Maybe you're, you're helping others and you're, you're listening and taking in and just absorbing the nutrients that are fed to you here. The goal is spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. Oh, no, I did it. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, that, thank you. Yes, this is the goal right here, right here. Spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. This is where you are using your gift. You are using your gifts in the body in order to help others grow. So you see, this person here is helping all of these others grow. This person is helping these grow. This person is helping them grow. Do you understand how that works? Because we need each other. We're not exempt. We're not exempt. Oh, well, let's see. I lost my notes here. Let's see if I can get this back. Hold on a minute. Okay, guys, bring me back once to, to my sermon, please, to the uh, slides. Thank you. Yes, good. So, anyway, um, one thing you have to notice, if you're a plant on here and you're not growing, what are you doing? You're withering. If you're not growing, you're withering. Your roots are drying up. We need to be growing in Christ. And how does growth happen? Well, it happens through other believers. So it's gonna happen through discipleship relationships. Our elder Bruce talked this morning about discipleship. One-on-one -on -one discipleship relationships. It happens with small discipleship groups where men, women are getting together, growing, and ah, oh, this, is, this is a struggle. I have a hard time applying this word of Christ to this part of my life. It happens in our life groups, which are taking off again now. I, oh, if you're not involved in a life group, talk to us. Get involved. We have, time, we have spaces available for you. It's the place to grow to maturity. It happens through that, and it happens through you using your gift. This week, when you got our weekly email, you got a link to a spiritual gifts assessment. If you didn't get that, then you probably got one in the mail. And if you didn't get that, we have extras out right out that side door there. There's a purple pamphlet there, a spiritual gift assessment test. Many of you don't even know what your spiritual gift is. Well, how can you be used? How can you use your gift if you don't know what that gift is? Take the 10 minutes. Really, it's 10 minutes. Take the 10 minutes and and go through that assessment. And at the end of it, it will say, it looks like, based on how you answered these questions, these are your spiritual gifts. And then you begin to say, well, that's where God wants to use me. That's why God designed me and put me in this church. Next week, right after this service, we're going to, to have a, uh, a ministry fair where all of our ministries will be, will be displayed. We're going to, going to exit and, and walk you down to the gym where this fair will be, and you'll get to see all the ministries that this church has for two purposes. One purpose is to see where can I benefit 
from these ministries. Oh, you have a kids program. Oh, you have grief share. Oh, you have this coming up, whatever it is. But the other thing is to say, where can my gifts be used? Where in all these ministries can the gifts that I just took this test on and know my gifts now, where do I fit in? You see, we are, well, let me, let me say this. The Bible uses several metaphors to talk about the church. Uh, one of them is the body. So I am a complete body. If I have an arm that doesn't work now, you would say that my body is disabled or challenged, right? Okay. We need every part of our bodies to work well in order to do what we're called to do. The church uses, uses or I'm sorry, the Bible uses a building as a metaphor for the church. So in a building, a building has a purpose. It, its purpose is to house people. In that building, every screw, every nail, every support beam, every brick needs to be in its place. If it's not, then the strength of that building is compromised and it might not be able to do what it's called to do. We are a complete church. Every you is needed if this church is going to function the way God has designed it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here, right? Do you understand that? You wouldn't be here if you weren't needed in this church. That's the way God works. So if you're here, then find a place to be used. I had a great, a great talk with somebody this week. This is a sister who came in and I think she described our church very well. She's been here close to a year now. She said, you know, when I came, the friendliness was overwhelming. Just people welcoming me, you know, just, just welcome, 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 welcome. She says, now that months have passed by, I feel like I don't know where I fit. People don't really know me, and so there's not a whole lot of conversation beyond, hi, how you doing? And I don't know where I fit into the, the, the fabric here. That conversation made me a little sad because I think it's true. It's an accurate assessment of who we are as a church. We make people feel welcome really well. We do that well. A few months down the road though, how do I fit in? Where do I belong? You come in, you know, we all do this. We, we come in, we go to the people we know. We have business to take care of. Oh, I need to talk to this one. I gotta go here. Oh, so-and-so needs this. We, we get busy, we do our things, and we're just in such a rut of, of seeing the people we know and we're comfortable with, we forget that we're new people. Do you realize every single week, and this is not an exaggeration, every single week we have new people here. Not one week goes by. Many of those new people stay and become regular here, but... Like for those who have been here for a long time, we need to break out of that and welcome them in and invite them into that to become a part of the, the workings of the church. What blessed me about that conversation was, I want to be part of the fix of this. I want my gifts to be used, she said, 
in fixing this. Get me involved. Put me in the welcome ministry. Put me in fellowship, but help me to know where I fit so that I can really become a part of this body. I was so blessed by that. I hope you're blessed to hear that too because plenty of people leave churches because of exactly what happens. Good welcome, and then a few months later, it's like, does anybody even know I'm here? Right? And not too many people are strong enough or mature enough to step forward and say, put me in, coach, because I'm not fitting in and I want to fit in. Help me out. So, if FCC exists to equip everyone for spiritual maturity and fruitfulness, then that means you also personally exist for that purpose as well. As we move forward as a church, we have to ask ourselves the question, as a church, the, the elders evaluate this and say, are we fulfilling our purpose statement to equip everyone for spiritual maturity and fruitfulness? If we're not, then what do we need to address? Well, if we have to do that as a church, then we must do that individually as well. Am I, are you fulfilling your purpose to equip others for spiritual maturity and for fruitfulness. Now, no guilt in this, okay? Guilt is a terrible thing. Guilt is a horrible motivator. No guilt. I don't want anybody to say, oh, I haven't been doing that. This has been hard. We don't have time for guilt, okay? There's work to be done. Jesus is building his kingdom. He is building his kingdom, and he needs you to work. Faith Community Church is on the move. The Lord is working here. Do you know, uh, this year, I think we've had, what is it, 16 baptisms so far. We have another baptism coming up in October, October 23rd. Five more are already signed up for that. And if you haven't been baptized as a believer, come talk to us. We want to put you under the water, right? We do. We do. It's part of your growth. It's part of you being equipped to equip others. But the Lord is so clearly working here. And there's, there's something happening. And I'm excited to be a part of it. And you need to be a part of that as well. So, so stop feeling bad. Let's get on with it. You know, if, if you're not fulfilling your purpose, then go to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Do whatever needs to be done. The writer of Hebrews says to us that we're to throw off whatever is hindering us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Throw off the old self and put on the new. Cast your burdens before the Lord. All of that is so that you would be free to be a bricklayer in God's kingdom. People, we're in a battle in our world. We are definitely in a battle. Times are desperate. And I don't mean to sound like, you know, an epic movie, but times are desperate and, and the society is dark and Jesus is going to build his kingdom. And you understand that as a kingdom builder, you are on the side that will win, right? Jesus' kingdom will prevail. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Amen is right. You want to be a builder in that kingdom? I want to be a builder in that kingdom. We're going to sing a song now that is uh, just so beautifully praise the words that we're talking about today. So let's stand together now, and Stephen's going to lead us in a song.